And now, the defensive starting lineup for your Clay Center Tigers. Oh, for crying out loud. At nose guard. 5-5 senior. Number 38, Mitch This was the entrance song that the old Tigers would run out. I believe they still do because Rocky Downing puts together the intro. Welcome back to the game. It's our number two. This is normally the time we start the show. It's our number two of three here from Orlando. It's our last show until the Pop-Tarts Bowl. Tomorrow afternoon at 445 is kickoff time. That's central time uh, from here in Orlando at Camping World Stadium. Eight and four cats, nine and three Wolfpack of NC State meeting for the first time ever. Wolfpack looking for their second ever 10-win season. Cats just, you know, it's another bowl game, 25th all-time, looking for their 11th win in bowl history. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale from the Pep Rally site. The game in Orlando brought to you by Whole Health MHK. Unlock a healthier you at Whole Health MHK. They're not just a clinic. They're your wellness champions located at 78. 40 East Highway 24 in Manhattan, and also brought to you by Commerce Bank, helping you and our community grow. It's why we come to work every day. Proud to support KSU Athletics, Commerce Bank, challenge accepted. Well, we're going to be talking to two gentlemen from uh, KSU Online here in these next two hours. One of them standing next to me right now. Just got into town today with the long road trip. He was one of some that made the drive from Kansas to Central Florida Mason Voth from Case on Line joins us here uh Pep side. What the are you thinking driving it? Uh just a guy that really wanted to go to the game, you know. Oh, okay. There there is that. So DY will cough up the money <laughs> for to him. fly himself. Yeah. Yeah. But not an extra well, uh, I I understand it. I get I get why he would do that. So that makes sense. It was good with me. Uh and like fan was going to drive regardless and so I was all in riding with him and I mean, Bud even said to me at one point, she goes, like, what if, like, D.Y. said you could fly? I said, I would still drive and ride with Jimmy because I'm not going to do that to him. I'm not going to make him go by himself. So Mason and Fan, the buddy movie we didn't know we needed. Yeah, really not a ton of craziness on the drive. Uh, yesterday, pretty easy. I will give him a load of credit. He didn't make me drive one lick. What? I just sat there. I was amazed. And I could have I could have done some It is his today. car, right? Yeah, yesterday. There's no way. I would have fallen asleep at the wheel. I mean, I'm burnt out. Four Christmases, a four-month-old kid. <laughs> it's all caught up to me. So I definitely slept a little bit uh, on the way down yesterday. I felt bad about it, but I woke up like an hour later, so it wasn't really too much time. So from takeoff to touchdown, what was uh, the duration? So I left Wichita at 5.30 a.m. yesterday. And Did you meet him? Met him in Kansas City. Okay, okay. Uh, shout out to John Kurtz, <laughs> former game member. He's uh, Who has a house now. Yeah, he's watching my car uh, in his driveway. And then we pulled in probably just after noon today. So uh, decent timing. And it was not as bad once we got down here. I'm sure that drive back is going to feel miserable, but it'll be all right. We've got, we've got all of New Year's weekend to, to you know, try yeah. to recover. Yeah, exactly. NC State's pep rally is still going on, and I've been we, – we kind of talk about it during the break. I, I, I told Wyatt, like, we were probably had a good 5,000 here. Uh, sure that's felt a, like it, That's yeah. a rough estimate. I mean, this little area was just packed with purple ways back. NC State's showing – you. Troy, you said maybe half of yeah. what K-State had. And, I don't and think it even looks like half. It, it's definitely not nearly as jazzed. They're they're not nearly as excited I mean, in on, terms dude. of 
They're playing for some history. They're looking for their second 10-win season ever. You, Mason, earlier today went to Camping World Stadium as the Pop-Tarts Bowl had a food tasting. Um, For those that aren't familiar about what exactly was going on with the food, explain why it was so unique. All right, so we have the Pop-Tarts Bowl. There's also the Cheez-It Bowl. So we have that going on. Very much fun Fun food items. People like Cheez-Its and Pop-Tarts. I don't know if you've picked up on that. People people like those yeah, things. Yeah, they're all right. Cheez-Its so, are a staple, brother. Yes, Cheez-Its, uh, honestly, very good in the way they infuse them in the food items. So they decided, decided for these games, they're going to have specialty food items at the concession stand, and they did a little, like, tasting for us all. Very fancy for some not-so-fancy items uh, for, you know, stadium <laughs> food. But it, I, I will be, like, honest, it was very impressive and delicious. I was... Pretty impressed because most of the time you can get kind of these like hokey specialty food items and they don't taste that good. These were like legitimately good pieces of food to eat. So uh, I, my favorite was the mac and cheese at nachos. The mac and cheese was phenomenal. So shout out to the Camping World Stadium chef. That was probably the big winner. But good crunch with the cheese. It they threw some bacon and some green onions in there. So I thought that was really good. Uh, and then there was also. Some other cheese items that, like, good, a grilled cheese with some cheese that's in it. Kellis Robinette of the Wichita Eagle, Kansas City Star, he thought that was the best idea. Um, I think at the end of the day, though, D.Y. just said, I think you just really like grilled cheeses because that's really all it tasted like to me. But the real star of the show was the dessert items that featured the Pop-Tarts. So there was a cinnamon roll Pop-Tart bite cookie that was really good mm-hmm. and a cinnamon brown sugar Pop-Tart cheesecake that was very good as well. I do like cheesecake. You weren't sold on the strawberry sundae. Uh, I wasn't because it was like melting away in ah. the fridge there. Uh, Arnie Green of every newspaper in the land of Kansas, he tried that. <laughs> I think he liked it, but he his first comment was, it's starting to melt. So, I, you know, not a great uh, evaluation there. But, honestly, they were pretty impressive. And so, like, anybody that's listening is going to be at the game tomorrow and you go to the concession stand, blow off the regular hot dog, go and eat, like, one of these specialty items. You will not regret it, even if it's probably, like, $1,000. Wasn't there a hot dog item? There was, yeah. It was like a, chi- it was like a chili dog uh, with Cheez-Its and cheese. And, and jalapeno. Yes. So, uh, we'll get that from Matt Walters tomorrow. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not that big of a cheese it guy though. I don't eat cheese that's all over my Man. food. You know what I'm saying? I don't, does it really do that much better for it? You know, does it really enhance the food item? As a kid, did you ever put like chips inside of like your sandwich for a little added crunch? I so and I still do this to this day. It's like with a burger, I'll take a bite of the sandwich and then stuff my my mouth with chips. <laughs> okay, you know. Yeah. It's so, a two-step process so I, to I the think bite. Yeah. You would like that then because it adds some crunch and some added flavor probably a lot of salt to whatever item you're eating. I, I think you would like it. So it would be worth uh, everybody's time if you're looking for something fun. And I did do a couple food reviews today. I did knocked out three of them. So we'll see how the, they end up going. But unfortunately, the bacon wrap hot dog at Bush Stadium has been superseded by the cheese at nachos. Wow. So Well, by the way, uh, NC State has wrapped up their pep rally. The best part of their pep rally is the song they played when everybody started leaving. And that's North Carolina by Petey Pablo. That is a classic <laughs> song I remember listening to a lot growing up in old uh, Clay Center. Did you get to do a little bit of homework on NC State before uh, 
you arrived here in Orlando. Uh, yeah, uh, I did. I did. I watched one game. Uh, I watched their game against North Carolina because immediately after we recorded our reaction show to the matchup being announced, we had people commenting, NC State fans, saying, uh, you can tell these guys never watch anything but Kansas State. It's like, no, I just don't watch your losery conference of the ACC. Uh, so I was like, okay, nothing else to do. My wife goes to work in the morning. I'm stuck with a baby at home. I can sit here for three hours and watch football games. So I watched their game against North Carolina. They're not going to like this. I came away even less impressed than what I already thought of NC State. I think a lot of their success this year can be tied to some flukiness. Played some not very good teams in the ACC. They forced a hefty number of turnovers that led immediately to points. And you watch their game against Short North fields. Car- yeah, and yeah. you watch a game against North Carolina. North Carolina's players, they were slipping all over the place on that field in Raleigh. Like, like NC State knew what they were doing at home. You know, hey, we need these mm-hmm. type of cleats. The other team's not going to know what hit them. Um, so I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be high scoring tomorrow just really? because – NC State's defense really good, but they're without Peyton Wilson, who is the main man there. He opted out. And I think K-State, it's going to take them some time to adjust. Obviously, the defense played bad the last time we saw them. And the game before that, they struggled against Kansas early on. And to me, there's a lot of similarities with what NC State will do offensively to what KU did in that game, where it's find a way to get it to our playmakers any way possible. Kevin Concepcion, their receiver slash running back, is a like dynamite guy. He was the ACC freshman of the year, really electric. They're going to do a ton of pre-snap movement, so going to be drawing your eyes all over the place. The defense has to be really ready for this game, and then obviously there were opt-outs of experienced guys. So I think it takes a while for the defense to adjust tomorrow, but ultimately K-State should settle in. Offensively, I like a lot of what K-State has going on. Avery Johnson is a big selling point. I think DJ Giddens can have a pretty good day for K-State. Uh, so I, my prediction was K-State 35, NC State 24. So we'll see. So if you're Connor Riley, I, I, this may be a hard question to answer because there's just so many scenarios that can unfold. But talking to Avery Johnson running the football, the the word battering ram or you know the object battering ram has been thrown out because of comparing – two other quarterbacks like Colin Klein who ran it 25 times a game in 2011 but Avery is also in a very electric runner mm-hmm. you have to run him a little bit but he doesn't want to be all the time running the football again maybe hard to answer but if you're Connor Riley how many design runs are you going to be drawn up for Avery in this kind of game what's your first career start I, I think if the game goes to the way that they want it to you're probably saying seven or eight is, is what you would probably have designed, and you're trying to get that to develop off of whatever you've already set it up for. But if you get later in the game, obviously you're going to do whatever it takes to win. You're not going to be going, well, we need to keep checking it because Avery can throw the ball and he wants to be a passer. I think you're, you'll go by the flow, but early on, if everything goes to plan, you say seven to eight and hope that you can accomplish things elsewhere because – I mean, Avery Johnson can throw the ball. He is a quarterback before he's a runner, and I think people forget that just because of how good he is at running the football. And there may be plays tomorrow that aren't designed, that he sees the opportunities like, I can exploit them with my legs, and he'll do it. But I think a lot of tomorrow will be about Avery Johnson fully establishing himself as a solid passing quarterback. One of the things that stands out to me in that discussion is we haven't had the chance to see him in that role. When we did, it was a very limited slice against TCU, and he had some struggles at the end of the first half. 
throwing the football and just getting in the flow as a passing quarterback during that time frame just before halftime. How does he adapt and be ready for this as the starting quarterback, I think, uh, is where people maybe just don't have a good grasp on where he is and what he sees as a quarterback. I think the TCU game is really unique because that was almost like a game where it was that was a, like a true competition game yeah. for him and Will Howard where it was you're going out here to prove yourself. And obviously he's playing from behind in that battle because Will Howard was the incumbent starter. He won a Big 12 title last year. He had the seniority, like all this stuff. And so there is a little bit more to that. But if we if we think about games where Avery Johnson has been able to come out and it's like you are the guy right now. So at the end of the game against SEMO, he goes in. Will Howard's not coming back in that yeah. game. You can make the plays as the quarterback. And I thought he made some nice throws in that game. One of them a guy in Trey Spivey who – I'm really excited to see if we can see him on the field a little bit more tomorrow. I mean, Jace Brown has been a phenomenal true freshman wide receiver, but I think Trey Spivey could step up and do some things. So we saw it there, the Texas Tech game. He obviously didn't have to throw it a ton, but when he did, I mean, he stepped up. He had a big 21-yard strike to Jace Brown in that game. He has been a good passer at times this year, and I think that TCU game, we shouldn't write it off. Right. But I do think that there are elements there where we can kind of look at it and go, eh, that's not – that's maybe not the best tell of what he can be as a passer because of the circumstance. I think if we look at some of the other games, we're better off. It would have honestly been interesting if they had given him more opportunities to throw the ball against Texas. Right. Because that would have been one. If he comes in and throws it well against Texas, that game probably doesn't go back to Will Howard and Avery Johnson stays in there. And so maybe we get another kind of data point to evaluate him with his passing. By that point, it had already been established, and it felt like that the coaching staff was just content Mm -hmm. to go ahead and utilize him as a running quarterback at that point. Was the last time Avery actually had a play was the fumble against Houston? Yes. Was that his last play? Uh, I take that back, Baylor. Came in late against Baylor. Oh, that's right. To take a knee. And and then he he did play after the Houston, because Texas was after the Houston game, I think, right? I don't know. Texas was was the game after. I'm I, I, things it's a blur, together. right? Well, yeah. I mean, that happens to me probably more than anybody else. It just, yeah, it, it all mixes together. Avery didn't play against Texas, though. He did. He got a couple it, of snaps. A couple of series, yeah. Or one series. Did not I guess I don't remember that. Very long. Yeah, no. It was in the middle of the game. Nothing was happening offensively, so there's no reason to remember that. He was in there, but it wasn't very much. Well, no. and then they, well, oh, that's right, because they had him throw it three times in a row, right? Instead of run it. Or hand it off. Or yeah, hand it off hand three it off, times yeah, in a row. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Who's the uh, leading receiver tomorrow? I mean, good question. Uh, wild card, DJ Giddens. <laughs> I like it. So I just I, I I think that if if Avery Johnson isn't the offensive MVP of tomorrow's game, it ends up being DJ Giddens. And think of the handful of times this year where DJ Giddens has been effective in the passing game, and teams kind of forget about him. I just I wonder how NC State is going to handle him. And I think I really do think tomorrow could be a big game for DJ Giddens. So I'm I'm going to strap on DJ Giddens and just throw him out there as the dark horse. One more, one more. Going back to Peyton Wilson for just a second. We're talking about the Chuck, Chuck Bednarik Award winner, best defensive player in the nation, will linebacker for NC State, six-year senior, will not play in the Pop Tarts Bowl. You know, I'm going to ask Dy here in the next hour this question, but you mentioned you expect this to be high scoring in K State at the end of the day to take care of business. Did the needle move greatly for you when you found out Peyton Wilson was not going to play? Did you have it a lot closer before he decided to opt out? Probably. I, I probably would have thought that it would be a little bit tighter. But 
I think there's a like a big hit of momentum when you lose a guy like that, especially the way that he went about doing it. I mean, we knew Will Howard and Phillip Brooks and Ben Sennett and whatever guy you want to throw out there wasn't going to be playing in this game for a long time. Right. And also those guys were in a position where we knew, okay, they're probably going to move on anyways. You think about what Peyton Wilson did. He comes in, reports are that, hey, he's going to play. He is seen going through bowl practices with NC State. When, keep in mind, he is gone after this year. So how does this add up? And then, you know, two days ago or whatever, he says, see you, suckers, I'm out of here. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll join you on the trip, but I'm not going to play Brees Hall style. It Really, I, I think that can add an element to this for NC State. And uh, I just think when you lose a guy that important as your leader at on any side of the ball and now defensively, it's going to hurt you and it's going to take time to adjust. I always go back to what happened with K-State last year against Texas at home. When you think Julius Brents got kicked out of that game early for a questionable targeting call, it mm. took K-State's secondary a long time to adjust to not having Julius Brents on the field because you, you lose a leader, you lose a guy that is able to you know mask some of the other problems. Peyton Wilson is that kind of player for NC State's defense. So I think for a lot of reasons, that does give them a little bit of a hit. And so I probably added probably a touchdown to my my prediction for K-State. I mean, you're talking about the guy that had 25% of their TFLs, 19% of their tackles on the year, 138 (laughs) on the year, fifth best in the nation. And now he's going to be replaced by a redshirt sophomore who has a pretty limited experience. Uh, at the Will Line break, I mean, you know, K-State's going to have a lot of limited experience tomorrow against NC State. So, Mason, we could wrap it up there. Thanks for stopping by. Welcome to Orlando, Florida. First time in Florida? Uh, no, I've been here a couple times. I, I was in Orlando a long time ago. We went to Disney. Mm. It was One time was enough for me. I was semi-young. And then the second chance we had to go back, we told my mom, nope, we'd rather go to the Fiesta Bowl. So, <laughs> uh, that's what we well, did. yeah. Got to go to Universal Studios one time. Just wait. You have a daughter. Uh, yeah. No, I fan can attest to this. We were rolling in, and we're, we see the, like, families walking to Universal, and I just go, ugh. And fan <laughs> goes, what's wrong? Like, he thought something was wrong with me, and I go, I just don't want that to have to be me. Uh, like, I'm not looking <laughs> for a lot of standing that. in line. Like, I just I saw a dad walking with his kids. I'm like, they're walking a long way to get to this theme park that is going to not be very fun for them. At least it's not blazing hot out. Like, if it was well, blazing hot. It's beautiful hot, right yeah. now. Yeah, it's a very cool night. All right, Mason, we'll let you go. Looking forward to all the work on uh, K-State Online and uh, not looking forward to uh, – <laughs> Well, I, I don't have anything to look forward to. You're the one that has to look forward to uh, driving back yeah. to uh, to Kansas. Yep. I'm off to the Magic game to uh, go boo the three Jayhawks that are playing for the 76ers. Oh, that's right. Only two. One of them's benched tonight. Oh, who got Embiid. benched? Embiid. Embiid's on the bench. Oh, well, oh, well then it's not right. even worth going. No, 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 because uh, He's the star of Oubre the entire game. Marcus Morris are the ones that you want to boo. Oh, they're, God. They're disgusting. So I get him out <laughs> of it. Boo, boo. I don't even know <laughs> one player for – well, actually, I think NC State has a uh, alum – on one of those teams. Oh, who cares? Nah. But nobody for K-State, obviously. They're I don't just know as one... trash at basketball as they are football. I don't know one player for uh, the Magic. Uh, well, there's the Wagner brothers. Cool. Jalen Suggs played at Gonzaga. Okay, I know who that Cole is. Cole Anthony played at North Carolina. Shout Greg out to Anthony's him. Greg kid. Uh, I mean, Mo Bamba plays for the Sixers. He did play for the Magic. Revenge game. He didn't play more than 10 minutes in a single game all year until Christmas Day. He had to play 25 minutes, scored 18 points. So 
There's a lot. There's a lot going on in this game. Two of the top teams in the Eastern Conference, Mitch. That is the most dialogue I've heard about the NBA in the last three years. Did you see what Luca did to the Suns on Christmas Day? That nope. was a fun time for me. <laughs> I did not. All right, Mason. Thanks for stopping by. All right, we'll see you. We're gonna take a break here on the game. When we come back, let's get to Coach Audio. We'll uh, take a look at the. Uh, uh, press conference earlier today. Chris Clement of K-State, Dave Doran of NC State. Uh, did a little flashback of when he was coaching at KU, taking on a Darren Sproles K-State. We'll hear that when we come back. The game from Orlando, Florida. Back on the game, Mitch Fortner with Troy Coverdale. Owen Burke. Shout out to Owen back in the Cayman studio in Manhattan, Kansas. As we join you from Point Orlando, it's a big shopping slash restaurant district next to the Media Hotel south of downtown Orlando. It's also the site of the pep rally. Still a lot of NC State fans hanging around. Their pep rally ended a few minutes ago. K-State's wrapped up um, at uh, at 3.30 Central Time is when they wrapped up, so they wrapped up a little bit early. NC State's was about 30 minutes as well, and K-State definitely blew NC State away when it comes to how many fans showed up for the uh, the pep rally. But we'll be with you for the rest of this hour from the uh, pep rally site. We're going to head back to the hotel for the final hour, which will feature a couple of segments with Derek Young from Case Online. We'll catch up about the 2024 recruiting class, uh, or 2023 recruiting class, along with... Um, What's that, Troy? Oh, no, I was waiting on you. I guess technically 2024 recruiting class because they will be freshmen yes. in 24. Yes. Or, you know, join K-State football in 24 um, officially. Uh, but also we'll talk, of course, Pop-Tarts. Well, tomorrow at 445. We're live. Um, <laughs> you want to say something? You're a, fan, you're a fan of NC State? K-State? No? Okay. Really? Where are you from? Okay. Awesome. Ah, shoot. Awesome. That's great Good news. Good to hear. Let's go, yes. Cats. Great story. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Nice to see you. Very interesting. I don't know if we could pick that up on air, but. From a, from Kansas City now, then grew up around here, but grew up K State fans. Yep, always wanted to take her dad to a game, but he passed away, and so she's going to go in his honor. That's that's a pretty neat story. Hey, uh, how hard did you laugh this morning when uh, Dave Doran doubled down on his discussion of bourbon, the bourbon thing? I that was definitely the most interesting part of the press conference. I got to say, I got to be honest with you, bringing up the bourbon thing. He's he wants if if NC State were to win the game, he's going to chase eating the live Pop Tart mascot, which apparently is going to be strawberry. Um, that he's going to chase it with a shot of bourbon. I, I like how he plays ball. Uh, Colby Van Camp, who was helping out this morning uh, in running things in the studio, though, has a certification in bourbon. <laughs> really? So he was critiquing Doran's uh, selected bourbon that he wanted. Well, you know, Dave Doran in the mid-2000s was actually a linebacker slash defensive coordinator yes. for the University of Kansas, and he was asked during the press conference today about memories of playing against K-State. My four years at Kansas, I got to witness a lot. Unfortunately, I was on the receiving end of Darren Sproles, being a linebacker coach, defending him, man. What a great player. 
and that was kind of the first year we were there. I think they beat us 63 to nothing. By the time I had left, four years later, we had gone from worst defense in college football to the number one defense in college football. I don't remember the, the score of the game, but I know we won, and that was a huge accomplishment. Our head coach, Mark Mangino, worked under Bill Schneider, so there was a, a lot of respect, and I know that was a big moment for him. So I was proud to be a part of that turnaround. Yeah, so if you remember those handful of games in the mid-2000s where K-State stunk against KU, you can thank Dave Doran uh, for that uh, briefly improved KU defense there for a short while there um, in the mid-2000s. There's a clear mindset for NC State heading into this game against K-State. It's all about getting win number 10 because that would be history for NC State. Be back in the you know uh, seat here with an opportunity to compete for that tenth win is meaningful. You know I think with young people sometimes they can't see past the day they're in, and so you know your job as a head coach is to, to preach the big picture as well. At NC State, there's been one team uh, in the history of the program that's won ten games or more, and so this is an opportunity to be different than 136 other teams that played in this uniform. I mean, honestly, isn't that a little bit wild that you know a Power Five program? Um, you know, it's it, it's had its good seasons, but it's had very few great seasons. Mm-hmm. And they've only had one double-digit win season in its, in its history. That was back in 2002 when they won 11 games. They're chasing still that second 10-win season in program history. Over to Chris Kleiman. Now, there was a lot of K-State media there earlier today. Uh, well, let's first start about offensive coordinator on the interim tag, and that's Connor Riley and about how ready – Connor Riley is to take the OC job with a great game against NC State. Coach Riley's done a really good job putting him in an interim role of, of the OC. You know, I've been with Riles since 2012. We were assistants together at North Dakota State. Brought him here in, in 18. So I've been over a decade with this guy. I think he's the best offensive line coach in the country. And he, he earned the right to have that title for this game and, and to be out in front of the guys. And uh, So I'm excited about what he's going to bring. And I know the players are excited. So you remember two years ago, I mean, Chris, uh, Colin Klein had the same opportunity as in a bowl game. You know, Courtney Messingham um, leaves K-State uh, as the Cats decide to part ways with him as offensive coordinator. So Colin Klein got the opportunity to um, get a tryout against LSU in the Texas Bowl. I got to say, I think, and this is a storyline about this change in OC that we haven't talked about yet. I think there's a lot more pressure on Connor Riley than there was Colin Klein. Remember when K-State played against LSU I mean, the whole 2D for LSU sat out, right. transferred, or opted out of the bowl game. Everybody for K-State mostly played in that game. It's kind of the flip side for this game in the Pop-Tarts Bowl where NC State, when it comes to their, uh, at least I can speak for the starters, on their defense, everybody but Peyton Wilson is going to play. So they're almost nearly at full strength, and this is a very solid NC State defense. Yes, it is. And Connor Riley is going to have to do with a lot of young guys at skill positions. And I say deal with, he's going to have to do a lot of coaching up and a lot of organization. It's a pretty big challenge. I think it is a bigger challenge than what Colin Klein had two years ago. One of the aspects of that is going to be the angle that he's going to be in the press box. But also, beyond paying attention to the skill player side of things, how does he adjust his eyes to not just being in the press box coaching, but not putting a focus on his offensive line, where his attention has predominantly been for how many years this is a big change in just an overall view of the field a view of what you are doing that i think is an intriguing one i do not recall the last time that i've heard of an 
uh, offensive line coach getting a shot as your OC. We're, we're going to hear from Connor Ryland in our next segment, but one more quick uh, um, quote here from KSA head coach Chris Kleiman, just talking about Avery Johnson, the true freshman, making his first career start under center, about how impressed he's been with Avery during this process. The fact that there's not a quarterback coach really in the room, there's some people that are really helping him. He's very calm. Uh, everybody knows he's a competitor. Um, but his leadership has really taken off. It's neat to watch him interact with some of the older wide receivers and, and old linemen. They believe in him. We believe in him. We trust him. Um, he's going to make some mistakes. He's a young player, but he's going to make some splash plays just like he did this year. It's so wild how comfortable I feel with Avery taking the job and just running with it and how comfortable I feel with a true freshman taking the reins for K-State and guiding this team to, I mean, first of all, just starting with a victory against NC State against a good 9-3 and team. Uh, I'm way more comfortable with Avery taking over this current situation than I was when Skyler got hurt for the second time against Southern Illinois, and here comes Will Howard for the second straight year in for the injured Skyler Thompson. I was way more nervous for that than I was for Avery Johnson to have his first career start against NC State. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to hear uh, a portion of the press conference earl- uh, that was earlier this week with interim offensive coordinator Connor Riley next from the game live in Orlando. The game is back live from Orlando, Florida. Mitch Fortner and Troy Coverdale with Owen Burke back in our K-Man studio. The game in Orlando is brought to you by Farm Bureau Financial Services agent Joe Wilson. Do you need life insurance? No matter your life stage or expenses, having life insurance in place to protect your family is a smart move. Don't spend time wondering. Contact Farm Bureau Financial Services agent Joe Wilson in Manhattan to learn more. It's your future. Let's protect it. K-State NC State kickoff at 445 tomorrow from Camping World Stadium in downtown Orlando. Power kick game deal will start at 1230 in the afternoon. Spotlight is going to be on interim offensive coordinator to Colin, or, uh, Connor Riley taking over for Colin Klein, who has left for the same job at Texas A&M. Connor Riley, a couple days ago, speaking to the media, I thought a lot of important questions were asked, so I kept a big chunk of this press conference together. We're going to hear now from interim offensive coordinator Connor Riley as he prepares for the game against NC State in the Pop-Tarts Bowl. Connor Riley first talking about his emotions of having this opportunity. Thrilled. Thrilled for this opportunity for this football team. Um, Thrilled to be in the position that I am and taking on this role. And uh, um, just thrilled to be down here in Florida. And as far as the game actually goes, I know last time we talked to Coach Kleiman, he said he hadn't had a lot of conversation with you. But do you guys kind of have a plan as far as you? I know you're down on the field normally. Is that kind of the uh, thing you're going to stay with for, for this game? No. Um, Coach Kleiman and I did have a discussion, and I would anticipate uh, going up to the going up to the box. How does that kind of change um, what it looks like for you guys as a staff, maybe? Well, from a staff perspective, the biggest concern that I have is uh, just not being around that offensive line in between series and um, in just ensuring that we need to communicate um, with our coaches down on the field of any adjustments, any corrections that need to be made throughout that game, any type of uh, um, emotional settling, if you will. Um, that's probably my biggest concern. You know, you have an opportunity to see things a little bit better up in the booth. 
Uh, you have an opportunity to remove yourself a little bit from the emotion of a game up in the booth. And I think that provides an opportunity to get the, uh, the next call out there. What, uh, what has impressed you most about how Avery has prepared going in knowing that he's, he's, he's the guy for later this week? The thing that has impressed me the most about Avery has been how ready he is for this moment. So when you look at opportunity and preparation, he didn't begin preparing that Monday after the Iowa State game. He's been preparing for this moment since he's been here. And his knowledge, his desire to continue to grow with a little bit different of a voice in that front room, um, a little bit different of a voice from a play caller standpoint, uh, has been extremely impressive. The maturity of this young man is off the charts. You really can't say enough about who he is as a young person. And then as far as, obviously you guys feel good with DJ running back-wise, but behind him, who has kind of stepped forward to kind of fill that, that next line? Yeah, it's going to be a little bit of a committee. You know, I, I really like how young Joe Jackson has continued to prepare and how much he's continuing to improve. Does he have a baseline knowledge of our entire offense that you feel you can put him in um, relative to this situation or that situation. Um, we'll see how these next few days play out. Uh, James White has done a phenomenal job, and then Jordan Shivers has been a uh, – he's just been a workhorse since the moment he's been here. As far as you go, I know you talked about talking and communicating with that offensive line, but having that veteran group has got to have made this transition a little bit easier for you. Having that veteran group has made these past – two weeks so much easier the maturity of that group their knowledge their support and their motivation to me has been uh, absolutely nothing short of inspiring and i could not be grateful enough to be standing in front of that room is there kind of something poetic about you getting this opportunity and i mean this is their last game you know it, as at k-state it's got to be pretty cool for you. it is really cool it's actually even emotional we talked um, earlier this morning, we said uh, quite often it's the last Tuesday of the week in our preparation. And, uh, you know, I, I told them it's it's last Tuesday of the year. And for a few of them, it's the last Tuesday of their career. And uh, um, just cannot say enough about how much those young people have meant to me over the last five years. As far as play calling goes, what, what, what's gone on to the preparation for you for this week? I'm sure there's been kind of a lot of things that you've had to try to get your arms around in the past several weeks. Yeah, there's <laughs> been, there's certainly been some challenges. Um, you know, Coach has done a phenomenal job of, even before we really dove into this week's opponent, of doing some good on good, and uh, I think laughed as I had to climb a ladder very reluctantly to uh, call a game or call a situation from uh, up from our film booth in the in, uh, indoor facility. So again, this is a moment that I've been preparing for uh, my entire career, and you know, there's there's still there's still a whole difference between uh, your preparation and then getting out and doing it. But over these past few weeks, we've had those opportunities of what we call uh, a call it session. Do you have any people in, in your past that, that you? know the call plays that you've leaned on that you've talked to you about kind of this opportunity to get advice from or bounce ideas off of yeah there's actually been quite a few and one of them is uh one of my best friends and that's colin klein 
um, the support that uh, that he's shown me and the uh, reassurance that he's shown me um, for this opportunity has been nothing short of fantastic. But between Coach Kleiman, who I've been with for 10 years, and coaches that I've crossed paths with in the uh, in the past, including my own college football coach, who's you know 73 years old, and his advice was a little bit more blunt. He said, "Don't screw it up." <laughs> Uh, he used a different word, but uh, um, I love him. So, yes, I have leaned on a few um, few of the people in the business that I really respect. Once again, that's uh, interim offensive coordinator Connor Riley, and we'll take our last break. When we come back, we'll hear from Joe Klanerman, getting ready to lead this defense against a veteran offense at NC State. That's next on The Game from Orlando. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, back with you from down, or close to downtown Orlando, Florida, as we get you set for the Pop-Tarts Bowl. K-State taking on NC State at 445 tomorrow. Our K-Game will start at 1230 in the afternoon. And the game from Orlando brought to you by Whole Health MHK. Unlock a healthier you at Whole Health MHK. They're not just a clinic. They're your wellness champions located at 78. 78- 40 East Highway 24 in Manhattan. We finish up the coaches' audio now as we hear from K-State defensive coordinator Joe Klanderman. You guys have had some guys decide maybe to move on, go some different places, some changes in the back end part of the secondary and the defense. Just kind of how is that progressing? Yeah, we we make do with what we had, but that's what I'm so proud of this this unit for is we've had to do that all year. Nobody saw the the Deuce Green situation uh, happen. Nobody saw the Jake Clifton situation happen. Nobody saw the Asa Newsom situation. I mean, you know, we've been hit with this stuff all the time. And so we're just going to handle it and stride and play uh, the guys that we got and coach the heck out of the guys that we got and, and uh, do the best we can for K-State. Who are some of those younger guys that are especially filling in the, the, the spaces in the back end left by, by Kobe? Yeah, Col- Colby McAllister has, uh, has played it quite a bit for us uh, throughout the year. Very comfortable with him out there in every situation. Um, you know, a guy that we decided to redshirt um, midway through the year was Jack Fabris. Um, he had, he uh, early in uh, the thought probably with him was that we were not going to redshirt him. Uh, we got to that four-game threshold and just decided that the amount of reps that he was getting in the game probably wasn't worth his year. And so we uh, got him back now with the eligibility play in this game. That's uh, that's going to be a big one for us. Um, you know, Trey Krause has done a very good job for us all year. He's kind of just been in the shadows, being able to fill in where necessary. Matt Mashmeyer's played snaps. We've got guys back there that, that are more than capable. What impresses you most about this NC State offense? You know, I, I think they, they're really well coached. I think they're a really well coached football team, and I think the quarterback's a very underrated football player. I think, uh, you know, uh, everybody talks about uh, the receiver and, you know, some of the, the receivers, I should say, and some of the, the athletes that they have around. They're good up front. But I think the, the beauty is in some of the details that they have. I think they do a really nice job of packaging plays, a lot of shifts and motions to try to get people confused. And at the end of the day, it's just pretty uh, pretty uh, straightforward football, but the way they present it is, is challenging. What can you say about Austin Moore and just what he represents? What he's done for us this year, I, I, I can't express enough gratitude for. Um, you know, when you, when you lose your most vocal player, your most uh, demanding player in, in Daniel Green, the one guy that was comfortable stepping on other people's toes, when he wasn't in, in it anymore, you know, somebody had to fill that void. And just the maturity of Austin to recognize that and then the courage to take that role over, you know, what he's done for us is invaluable because he is unquestionably the guy that people are looking to as a leader right now. 
Once again, that's defensive coordinator Joe Klanneman as we wrap up our number two of the game live from Orlando, Florida. That's going to wrap it from our portion from the Pep Rally site. We're heading back to the hotel for the final hour of the show, which will feature Derek Young from K-State Online. We'll talk for a couple of segments about the recruiting class and the Pop-Tarts Bowl. The final Mitch in Vegas for the 2023 college football season. Either Troy or the people will be taking home the championship. And we'll make our official predictions on the Pop-Tart Bowl to wrap up our number three. It's going to do it from the Pep Rally site. One more hour to go. Stick around. You're listening to the game from Orlando on News Radio KMAN.